Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Team Success Podcast. I am very excited because the person that I'm interviewing today is the one who inspired me to actually start podcasting. So everyone, I would like you to meet Paul Colligan, and he is the person that I saw do a nine-minute podcast during his 10-minute talk at Joe Polish's Genius Network five, six years ago now. I don't remember how long ago that was, Paul, because I've been thinking, you know, I need to start blogging and doing something, and that looked like hard work. And then I watched you, Paul, do this incredible, you literally set up your iPhone on the stool, and then you did it, and I was blown away. So I am just absolutely thrilled because I get a lot of questions about podcasting. We get a lot of questions about podcasting. And to have you here as a who in terms of who, not how, how podcasting works, what people need to know if they're thinking about it, any do's and don'ts, Paul is here to share his wisdom. So Paul, thank you so much for being my inspiration and teamwork partner in the Team Success Podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for saying those kind things. Send a clip of this and I will forward it on to mom. (laughs) Podcasting is about communication. That realization that you made is so fantastic because most people, they hear about it and they go on this five-year journey of what microphone they're going to buy, you know, or what hosting platform they're going to be on. They don't think, wow, this is how I can reach more people with less effort. So your heart in all this, I'm, I'm glad the inspiration, but it's your mind that helped direct this. And so I think it's going to be a good conversation. I think so too. This is a team success podcast. And so this is both in terms of the teamwork that's required to produce a podcast is something I want us to cover. There is some technology involved, which I love how Dan Sullivan talks about technology as automated teamwork. And in fact, you're a leader in terms of podcasting technology evolution. So we'll get to that closer to the end. I'm excited because I think podcasting for me has been a way to connect with people and to share my message and to create value, as you said, and to impact people in a very easy way from our studio in Toronto, which happens to be downstairs from our office, and share thoughts and ideas that I was feeling really stuck with. Like I knew I had more to share, but really could not figure out the easiest way to get them out. turns out talking (laughs) is that way. So let's talk about podcasting. And if someone's kind of interested in it or wondered why just the explosion, apparently it's the number one learning vehicle right now. More than classes, more than books almost is podcasting. People are choosing to learn this way. Why has podcasting exploded so much? What's your take on that? There are two reasons why it's exploded. And one kind of leads to the other. First of all, we all have smartphones now. So the possibility of what podcasting can bring us is now immediately within reach. Mm -hmm. And It's funny because these days people are replacing their laptops every five years, but their phones every two years. Right. So the device best designed to deliver the content is the best device that we have in front of us. And that connection's amazing. You throw in that the phone companies are pretty much doing unlimited data now. We now are in a place where we can get our content anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You know, I ran right before this meeting, I ran to get some lunch. And in the car, turned on the car, my podcast feed started up and it was an episode. And I, the entire ride to get my lunch, the entire ride back was a podcast episode, automatic, easy. I came back to my desktop here and emails open and calendars open and websites open and socials open and all these other things. But when I did that podcast ride, it was just me and the speaker. Right. That's intimate. That's powerful. And that's what podcasting is. I love that. Intimate and powerful. And just to stress that, and I'll go a little bit into your background for a moment. So, Paul, you were the one that inspired me to start podcasting. And I didn't realize this until my new colleague, Gord, started working with us. I didn't realize that the Team Success Podcast was the first podcast that Strategic Coach started doing, (laughs) which is just kind of fun. But you also have had a long history in podcasting. You've been around podcasting for longer than anyone I'm aware of. You've been here for the whole ride. And in fact, you're the producer of 10 Times Talk with Dan Sullivan and Joe Polish. So you're intimately connected to our podcast as well. You've written books, How to Podcast, currently on version four, soon to be version five. You have your own podcast. So how did you get started? I mean, you've talked about them being intimate and powerful. What is it that just had you go, this is what I'm about? Well, my unique ability is that I'm bilingual. I'm naturally bilingual. I speak tech and I speak business. 
And my passion is that I love connecting these two worlds. A lot of poor nerds out there. (laughs) So true. And there's a lot of business people who could be 10 times who they are with the right tech. Right. And so connecting these two people has always been the theme of my life. Uh I was working at a management consulting firm in the year 2000, working on the internet division. Right. And I was able to have dinner with the CEO of Audible. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. At the time, Audible was the thing that was keeping me alive. It was not my favorite job in the world, but being able to listen to audio, you know, the business books, you know, I was listening to the greats. I paid whatever the $60 a month to get like 10 books, whatever the thing was at the time. (laughs) And so I was always listening to audio in my head, always listening. I would go on breaks. I would listen to audio. I worked downtown Portland by the river, the beautiful riverside. I'd walk up and down the riverside listening to business books whenever I got a chance. So I knew the power of audio. I have dinner with the CEO of Audible. And 2000, he was way ahead of his time. And he gave me this vision for where audio was going. And I was flabbergasted. I was excited. I knew I wanted to be part of this. And at the time, I was about to release my first information product. And I got this idea at dinner. Let's put it on Audible. And I asked him, Don, can I put my thing on Audible? He goes, absolutely. We have a program for independent publishers. It's half a million to get in. And we get 70% of the royalties, you get 30. Ouch. Now, that's the way the publishing world works, Shannon. It's true. Harry Potter was paying that. Tom Clancy was paying that. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul's not in a position as cool as Paul thinks Paul is. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to debate against that. So I left with a good friendship, and I know Don to this day, and he's still running Audible, and it's still a great company. But I left with sort of a moment of defeat. 2004 this podcasting thing pops up and the nerds saw it as, oh, this is the future of RSS and enclosures and all this nerd terminology. I saw it as I get to be audible now. Mm. That was the lens whereby which I saw everything. And so I always saw it as the distribution of important content. I knew people were going to do plays and I had people do comedy and that kind of stuff. But to me, it was like, now I can get it out and I can give people that same experience I had when I couldn't do anything else. I got that audio time in the car and at the river. And I really didn't dream it was going to get that easy that quickly. Mm -hmm. To me, I always saw the empowering nature of it, not how easy it was going to become. But your question earlier about what happened is it really got easy. Mm -hmm. In 2006, two years before the iPhone came out. Right. I released the Business Podcasting Bible. Okay. (laughs) Now, it's still for sale. It was a bad contract negotiation. It's still for sale. And every week or so, I get an email from somebody who says, I read your book. I love your vision. How come you don't mention the iPhone? And then essentially, can I get some free consulting is usually the the next question they ask. And I'm like, well, you know, go to the copyright date on the book. And it's neat that it's still viable. I get a chill when somebody, you know, my vision from 13 years ago, 14 years ago is still viable, Mm -hmm. but that's where the other books have come from. And I did podcasting for a while. They say, you know, one step ahead, you're a visionary, two steps ahead, you're a martyr. Mm -hmm. I was three or four. So I did some other gigs, but they were all in the realm of leveraging tech to increase reach. That's always what I did. And I was able to start making the full-time living from it about 2015. And the business has gone really great since then. And I'm just having a blast. That's awesome. You are one of the most passionate people I know about podcasting, (laughs) clearly, because I bought into your vision when I saw you speak at Genius Network. To me, though, it's funny. It's not podcasting. It's what podcasting allows you to do. Okay. Talk more about that. You and I were chatting earlier and you wrote a couple of blog posts and I just have this vision of Shannon at her computer editing away. You know how long it takes to record a 15-minute podcast? 15 minutes. Exactly. But you know how long it takes to write a three-paragraph blog? Hours. Depends on who you are. It could take months. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to get the information out really quickly in a means that reaches more people than ever before. There are so many times and places where you can consume a podcast. Yep. I know you're in Canada, but here in North America, or or here in the USA, sorry, Canada is, sorry, anyway, (laughs) 47 million Americans drive by themselves in their car on a 30-minute commute to work. All you have to do is be better than drive time radio. Right. Not hard. That's your competition. (laughs) Not hard. And then you let your audience know that I've got a new option for you. 
when you're driving to work on Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. I've got a new option for you when you're at the gym. I've got a new option for you when you're on a plane ride. Mm-hmm. I've got a new option for you in all sorts of different places. And that is the benefit. And it's not that we need to have more noise in our life or we need to be constantly stimulated or anything, but there are just opportunities that podcasting makes possible that no other tech does. And there's an interesting facet too. I'm also thinking about all the people I know that, you know, especially for urban dwellers that don't necessarily drive because the congestion and parking is so not worth it. On public transportation, how much better to put your headphones, your earbuds in and listen to something that you personally care about or find entertaining or want to learn more about as opposed to listening to all the, you know, honks and squeaks and horns of other vehicles or people around you. You get to have your own personal education and entertainment system in otherwise an environment that you can't really control. Exactly. When my daughter was six, we got in the car. We're starting to drive away. And I go, hey, Lindsay, I forgot the iPod. And she goes, well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we'll listen to radio. And she says, what's radio? I realized that I'm going to be telling this story forever, Uh you know, so I paused and I said, okay, radio is like an iPod, except someone else chooses the music. Good description. Well, and she looks at me and she says, well, why would we do that? Anyone in radio listening to this is going to be appalled. (laughs) You know, and I said, Lindsay, you're right. And we turned around and we went home and we got the iPod, you know, because we're in charge. Tech should enable us. Tech should not enslave us. We don't need to be on anybody else's agenda. Oh, my goodness. You know, we don't need to be on anybody else's pace. You know, we can listen to the shows that we wanted to. We can even pick the topics that we want to listen to. Right. You know, there might be some people who love the Team Success podcast who don't care about podcasting in the slightest. They see this topic. They don't listen to this episode. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We're fine with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the beauty of this mechanism. Whereas the Monday morning meeting, you always have to go with such excitement you know, or the newsletter or the update from the CEO or the texts or everything. This is us on our own terms. And it's so exciting. There's one other aspect that has been striking me lately and expanded my listening of podcasts. And that is that I'm a massive reader. I have been. My mom taught me to read when I was three. I'm the kid who had flashcards. And those pathways are just really well laid out in my brain. But as my life is busier, inputs are more... (laughs) way more inputs. I'm finding that my attention span for reading or my time to sit down and read as much as I enjoy that is very limited. And the amount of brain space I have for reading me, someone who is an avid, passionate reader, it's my number one rejuvenating activity. I can't pick it up fast enough. There's more I want to absorb. Or if I am reading, sometimes I want that to be leisure and rejuvenating, which means not work stuff. So I have turned, I was not like an audible person I've become an audible person, you know, and podcasts have filled that gap. And it's amazing how much I can pick up. I'm starting to look at the most recommended podcasts to see what would be of interest to me. The amount of people putting out amazing content is kind of phenomenal right now. There's so much to absorb and so much to learn from. Yeah, that's this wonderful space that we're in right now. And it's a delight. And, you know, someone who is either an entrepreneur who's early stage, who's struggling through the world of team dynamics. What does that mean? Now we got someone who's dedicated their lives to it that we can hang out with once a week. How fantastic is that? Someone who maybe has a team who is realizing and getting stomach acid over great imbalance in the force, if you will, you know, can listen to the show. And, you know, in about 15, 20 minutes, they're going to decide if they like Shannon or not. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like Shannon, they're not going to listen to the show. And the whole nature of podcasting is, you know, you're not getting rejection notices. No. You know, it's just one download that doesn't happen. But the people who do like you, and there's a lot of them, Thank you. you know, grab you every week and consume. And then they hear about coach and they hear about your team programs and they hear about these things in a natural, non-salesy way that does more revenue for you guys, I'm going to bet, than you know any ad, any continental breakfast, any insert in Success Magazine, you know, or that type of thing. I love it. So many people I know have something to say, and they don't actually have a great way to say it. And as you write, a blog that might take three minutes to read 
can take days or months to write. That is painful. Yep. And that's why when I saw you do, again, a nine-minute podcast, everybody, in 10 minutes. Do you know how impressive that is? That was blew me away. Loved it. So you just really made it accessible. So let's jump in. Again, this may not be of interest to everybody, but I think if you're not paying attention to podcasting, you might be missing out <laughs> and at least know about it, I think. And it's something that you can do, your company can do, and you've got some great examples of, of coach clients who shall remain nameless, but they're like, Paul, just keep doing what you're doing. Because as a marketing vehicle, as a way to communicate your ideas, it's genius. And Dan Sullivan has a great expression. He said, often when we go out and have a sales conversation or a conversation with someone to see if they're like-minded, it's us selling our ideas. And this was originally around writing books, but I would say now it's also a podcast. Now this is your ideas selling you. So like-minded people come in. And what's kind of funny, you say, you know, people feel like they know me and if they enjoy what I have to say, if they don't, fine, they can move on to something else. I'm not actually a terribly social person. I can be shy if I don't know somebody. Small talk, I cannot stand. But when I know someone says, oh, I listened to your podcast, I'm like, awesome. We're friends already because yeah. we have that common language and that common value yeah. system and we care about the same things. Yeah. It's one of the best relationship builders I know. I have to tell you a story. One of my first podcasts was a show called Marketing Online Live. It was a show I did with Alex Mendozian. I know Alex. It was literally, Alex and I would get together once a week and for 30 minutes to an hour, make sense of what was going on. You know, we would just pounce questions back and forth. And one of the things we realized early in the game was that there was going to be this huge industry for speakers to deliver batches of content on preloaded media players. Huh. Everybody's doing it now. At the time, the iPod was actually locked up really tight and it was darn near impossible to do it. And we were talking about that, trying to figure out what to do about it. Fast forward a couple of months later, I'm at the first podcast industry event, so small that after the event, we all met in the hotel bar afterwards. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of those types of events. And this guy comes up to me and says, Hey, Paul, big fan. Hey, thank you. What do you do? And he says, I actually have a business where we do preloaded media players for speakers. And exactly. And for those of you who are listening to this, you don't get to see the fact that Shannon and I are looking at each other and there's this look on Shannon's face, like, how awesome is that? Yeah. Oh, it gets awesomer. I go, that's amazing. We've actually been talking about that on the show for a while. And he goes, yeah, that's where I got the idea. Really? He launched a business from Alex and I trying to figure out the industry and sharing that with the world. That's awesome. Think about the implications of that. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. <laughs> That's amazing. So Dan does a ton of podcasts. You do your own podcast, and I know that you're often a guest on other people's. So if someone is interested in podcasting, I like how you talk about it as a technology and shows and getting familiar with, you know, how this thing works, because it's a little bit like having preloaded audio, <laughs> except it's dynamic. So if someone was going to get started, what are some of the steps? And then we'll also get into the mindset, because you created this awesome mindset scorecard for it. So what are a couple of the key steps that people, first of all, whether or not it's a good idea to do a podcast, like what are some basic requirements? And if so, what to do? And if not, just don't even worry about it. Well, I'm rather bullish on the tech. So <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. lens whereby which, you know, what's the phrase when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. I would say if you have a message worth getting out there, mm -hmm. you have a podcast. Right. And I've always said podcasting is about impact, not downloads. Mm. Okay. So how do you make that distinction? Because I know a lot of people, one of the measurables you can measure, can't always tell all your listeners, is downloads. So talk to me more about impact. I'm curious about that. Well, let's tell another story. I was at a recent event. You were there as well. And Dan was there. And I was about to tell Dan about this new tech that would enable you know, do more tracking, be more scientific about it. And I asked Dan, how's the podcast going? And Dan said something on the lines of, Four guys from some country, I can't remember what it was. Do you remember this? India. India signed up as a result of the podcast. I'm so hooked on podcasting that it doesn't matter or something. You know how Dan gets excited about it. And I'm like, you know, we have all this tech, we have all this measurement, we have all this tracking. And Dan realized if four guys from India are going to sign up as a result of the show, I'm going to keep doing the show. Mm -hmm. That's impact right there. Got it. 
You could be all scientific about it. You can nerd out about it. You can measure it. But if people come up to you and say, I launched a business based on your show, mm-hmm. you know that you're having impact. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you got a message that needs to get out there, do it, but go for impact, not downloads. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do an audience, I always say, you know, raise your hand if only one person listening to your podcast would be worth it. Right. Nobody raises their hand. But then I say, what if that's the Dalai Lama? <laughs> right. Right? Yes. We want impact. We don't want downloads. So podcasting is for anybody who has a message that they need to get out there. Okay. I firmly believe that. Now, this whole nerd versus business thing. Nerds love to make things complicated. Mm -hmm. Business people don't like complication. So four things to podcast. Four things. You need some audio or you need some video. Mm -hmm. Here's the funny thing. Your phone does both. Right. And your phone does both better than the equipment I had when I started doing this thing. You need to put it online. Mm-hmm. You need to make it available for on-demand consumption. Okay. And then you need to tell the world. Okay. Create media, put it online, make it podcast ready, tell the world. Awesome. Now, create digital media. You're from a studio where you've got great sound engineers and great radio people making you sound like a million bucks. Now you sound like a million bucks regardless, but you know, you can do that, but you can pick up a phone, which I did on stage that convinced you to do this. And you can record on your phone, a podcast episode that making audio or making video, anybody consuming this right now can do that with the very device that they're listening to. So let's not make this a thing, putting it online, making it podcast ready steps two and steps three. Mm-hmm. that's where people can get confused. There are several companies that do this for you. My favorite is a company called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Mm-hmm. Starts at $5 a month. Wow. And if you use coupon code Paul, they'll give you the first month for free. Okay. So L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Okay. Use coupon code Paul, upper or lower case, doesn't matter. They'll give you the first free month. And a little trick I used to not like to share this, but the VP of Livingston came on my show and he shared it. So I figured it's okay now. (laughs) They bill on the first of the month. So sign up on the second of the month and you'll get two months for free, basically. He actually said that on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Every one of my clients is on Libsyn and every one of my shows is on Libsyn. There are other people that are fine, but I like Libsyn a lot and they'll hold it. They'll make it podcast ready. Okay. So steps two and three done by one company. So tell me a little bit more about what does podcast ready mean? Does that mean edited? What does that look like? Well, for me, the edited part is in the audio or video part. Okay. You can do a one-shot audio or video if you want. You can bring in an editor if you want. Sometimes the honesty of the unedited is really neat. You know, Russell Brunson does an incredible podcast where he gets in his car on the way to work. He hits record. It's a 10-minute drive. And then when he walks in the office, he hands a tech his phone, and they get that thing out as a podcast about 30 minutes later. I've listened to it, and I get nervous listening to him. Like, I hope he's paying attention. <laughs> he is. Russell's a very good driver. He is. But that honesty, that 10 minutes with Russell every morning, that's a really neat experience. Mm-hmm. You know, when I did that presentation at, at annual five, six years ago, whenever it was, the moment in time of me recording that episode was fun. Now I let the audience know, if you remember the first thing I did was, you know, here I am live at the event, clap your hands or something like that. And then you all clapped. And then the audience participation came on the audio. And now everybody who listened to that episode knew exactly where I was. And they got to have like a moment in time with me. So it doesn't have to be edited. Okay. It can be edited. There are times for it to be edited. It doesn't have to sound like a million bucks. There are times when you want it to sound like a million bucks, but it doesn't have to be. It all depends on the audience. Okay. There's a show I adore called Roderick on the Line. And Roderick is John Roderick. He's basically a rock and roll philosopher king. That's the only way to describe him. And Merlin Mann gets on the phone with him once a week and they talk about life. Hmm. And the podcast is this conversation between Merlin and this rock and roll philosopher. And you're invited to the phone call. You're invited to snoop in. If it was in a studio, it wouldn't be as quaint. It wouldn't be as intimate. Mm-hmm. Now, they've upped the game and they do shows together and all sorts of stuff, but it doesn't have to be edited. 
That's a great point. And you've also just mentioned conversations. And that's, you know, sometimes just talking by yourself is fine if you've got something you want to say. But, you know, given that I'm with Dan a lot and we do the Inside Strategic Coach podcast together, and he's got eight different partner podcasts, certainly one with Joe Polish, one with Dean Jackson, one with Mike Koenigs, now one with Peter Diamandis, you know, I'm forgetting four other people. That dialogue, that conversation, you get to listen in and you get to see them bounce back and forth and bounce ideas off one another. It's so fun. And you get to see different people's minds and how they work. And that's another great way to do it. And given a lot of people I know think best in conversation, that can be a great way to get good information out of yourself is to engage someone else with you in that, just like we're doing right now. Well, and what is every coach meeting but a conversation? Yep. Now, with people targeted and tools and whatnot to make the most of the conversation, but it's a great, beautiful, accurate representation of the process. Mm. And the neat thing is, if anybody goes, what's Dan really like? We can say, you know, who do you want to hear him have a conversation with? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and they'll know in a couple of seconds, yeah, this isn't scripted, <laughs> you know, and, and they'll know this is the real deal and you get to listen in. Yeah, this is where it's different than a produced television show. I mean, this is why YouTube is so popular. We'd rather have the rough reel in someone's house, some ridiculous thing that they're sharing, because it's real. You talked earlier about the intimate nature of it. I think that's so true. You get to see people as they are, not as they've been packaged and produced. So I love that point. So is the podcast ready? That's really kind of the technical side of it, right? That's the the geek out part. which you probably, if you're a business person, don't want to do. Right. And Libsyn literally create new episode. What's the episode called? Fill it out. What's the description of the episode? Fill it out. Mm -hmm. Did you use bad words? Check the box. You know, upload the file. We're done. Nice. Or hand that over to someone else to do. You know, this is what these services do for you. And it's just ridiculous. You know, it's the same thing people say, you know, that's complicated. Well, what's the difference between opening up a word processor, typing something and clicking print? Mm-hmm. Like none of us speaks printer. <laughs> no, not me. Right. It's a language called postscript. No, we put something in word and then word makes it postscript because that's what computers do. Right. We let the computers do what the computers do. So upload your file and you have what's called a feed and a feed is just the directions. You go to Apple and you say, I got a feed and they go, what's the feed? And you paste the feed in. And Apple tells you if you made a mistake in pasting, and sometimes you do, and I've, I've made mistakes pasting before. And then a couple of days later, you're in the directory. Nice. You know, it's that easy. And these tools do that for us and leverage the tools. There are nerds who meticulously craft every point of the XML schema. And it's ridiculous when we've got a computer that'll do this for it for five bucks nice. a month. Okay. I mean, it is a month. Now, just for my own, is Blueberry another one? Is that a competitor? Blueberry's another one. Blueberry's a great organization. They do the same thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. And Blueberry, by the way, if you want to just, for comparison purposes, although I'm sure Lipson's phenomenal, it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. So Blueberry with no E's is, is how you remember that one. That's the other one I'm somewhat familiar with. And then you talk about tell the world. And that's probably where this is partly a marketing exercise. So if you're really focused on getting the audio or video done, pass it off for steps two and three to someone who's technology that's better at it. And then it's your job to tell the world about it and to get it going. So what are some of your top tips and tricks for getting your podcast out there? Well, first of all, at the very top, let's be strategic. And here's where we start. There are people who know and love Shannon Waller and the work she does with teams. Mm -hmm. So when Shannon Waller says, how do I promote my podcast? We start there, (laughs) you know, and the message is not, well, you know, I've got an encoded MP3 from the Bonhoeffer codec and, you know, with an enclosure tag through the RSS schema, your message is now you can get a weekly session with me anytime, any place, anywhere. Would you like that? Well, of course they would. You know, and so how do we do it? Well, it's delivered through a podcast right now. Well, what does that mean? Teach them how. Mm-hmm. But don't teach them. I have a podcast. Two types of people in this world, Shannon. Those who know what a podcast is, those who don't. Okay? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Those who know what a podcast is don't care. Right. Those who don't know what a podcast is gets confused. Using the word podcast has no benefit. It's a show. 
That was something that you and I chatted not that long ago. You made that distinction for me, which I found totally fascinating. So calling it a show just happens to be delivered via a podcast. Is that how you think of it? Yeah. Okay. If you have a G-O-O-G-L-E device, I have one in front of me, and I don't want to say the name out loud or else it will start playing, or you have a Tesla, and you could say, play Genius Radio. Mm. And it is a talk radio station that rotates between 10X Talks, I Love Marketing, and Genius Network, three of Joe's shows. Mm-hmm. It's talk radio. And just like you might drive to work and you're in the middle of a conversation, you can actually join an episode in the middle of the conversation. And we did this. We did this quietly to see what would happen. And it works. It really is a show. You know, it's a show on rotation. And just like you can say play 80s radio or play you know, whatever radio, you can now say play Genius Radio. And we did that for him, and it is a show. And people who listen to radio might not listen to podcasts. So yeah, call it a show. There's no damage to calling it a show. Sometimes in the right circumstance, calling it a podcast gives it an extra piece of sheen. Mm -hmm. But in the long term, it's a show. Yeah, and I think that's actually a great way to think about it because you're doing a show, you're producing a show, and you know, podcasting is the medium that's happening on, but you don't have to feel... Like it's a separate, different thing. It's simply right. your conversation with somebody. So it's all Joe all the time. Yeah. We definitely need to do that for Dan. It can be all Dan all the time. <laughs> Let's get it set up. Let's do it. <laughs> now, what are some don'ts? You see people make mistakes with podcasts, with shows all the time. What would be some of your, I'm not say pet peeves, but what are some of the things you just go, oh. Let's throw one more into the do's and then let's jump into the don'ts really quickly. Okay. Well, actually, no, we'll start with a don't. I'll tell you what to do instead. How about that? Love that. Don't make it complicated. When you say, find my podcast on iTunes, what does that mean? Right. And by the way, Apple now doesn't want you to call it iTunes podcast anymore. They want you to call it Apple podcasts, by the way. That's the new inside thing. Good to know. You know how you can subscribe to my show, The Podcast Report on Apple? How? You go to thepodcastreport.com forward slash Apple. Oh, okay. You want to know how you can subscribe to my show on Spotify? No. How do you do it? You go to thepodcastreport.com forward slash Spotify. You want to know how to connect to my show on Pandora? You go to thepodcastreport.com forward slash Pandora. Now, we've hit a bunch of people. Those are the big ones. But someone from some obscure you know, I wonder if he's on TuneIn. They might try the podcastreport.com forward slash TuneIn. I made it easy. Mm -hmm. You want to make it ridiculously easy. Because when you say, go to Google and find me, oh, that's a mess. Right. You know, when you say, go here and find me, make it easy. And then episode numbers. You know, I just recorded today, I recorded episode number 152 of the podcast report about Spotify and what it means. So you know how you find that episode? You go to the podcastreport.com forward slash 152. I'm getting the picture. <laughs> yeah, it's not that complicated, you know, but now it's really easy for people. Mm-hmm. And this is the message that you want to give. And there's a bit of caring. You know, when you say, yeah, Google me, mm-hmm. it feels a little lazy. Yeah, it's a throwaway. One time I saw the vice president of Yahoo on stage when someone says, how do we get a hold of you? She actually said, go ahead and Google me. Now, that was a really bad time to say Google me. I'll say. You want to make it easy. And you know the flip side of that is don't make it hard. Mm-hmm. And the don'ts are don't obsess about the tech. Don't make it hard. Don't give your audience more than they need. All right. So what do you mean by that? That's a provocative, interesting statement. What do you mean by not giving them more than they need? Have you ever watched the evening news? Try not to. Because, well, yeah, <laughs> there's that whole issue. But just go with the analogy. Sure. You know, something crazy is happening in the world. And so you plug into the news and it's a five-hour story that they try to condense in 30 minutes Mm. and you get mad. Flip side, you watch the news and it's a slow news day and they could have given you the entire news in five minutes, but they stretched it out to 30. Right, right. You know, just aggravating, Mm. annoying. When you build this trust, the people who listen to Team Success Podcast, they know that sometimes it's a five-minute conversation. Sometimes it's a 30-minute conversation. Sometimes it's an hour, but they know that Shannon's not going to waste their time. Mm-hmm. And that is beautiful. So how long should the podcast be? As long as it needs to be, not one minute more. 
This is when an editor comes in great, come in, clean it up, you know, don't make it longer. With Joe, we took a couple of episodes that Joe and Dan did together in the early days, and we brought them down from about 45 minutes to about 15. On different experiences, we actually send people back to the bigger one if they want the bigger story. But getting a revisit, you can do in about 15. So don't waste their time. Mm. Imagine if you're trying to figure out if you trust a person, if you like a person, if you want to spend time with a person, and they go, hey, today's episode went long. And I could have chopped it into two, but I want you to have this so much that I want you to just spend the extra time. So if you need to hit pause, do a one that's more to your commute, listen to this later, that's fine. If you want to hit pause, but just please know that this one's worth the effort. You know, the next week you say, hey, this was a 10 minute topic Mm -hmm. and I don't want to waste your time. So this show goes 10 minutes. You do that. You serve your customer on a way that nobody else can, nobody else does. And they just go, oh, thank you. Thank you. So you tell them where to get the information easily. You know, you don't waste their time. And now it's a relationship unlike any other marketing relationship out there. And that's the beauty of this. I love that point because one of my biggest questions when I first started was, how long should it be? Like, is there a right length of time? You know, and a lot of times they want to know, is there a specific format? Like if it's a TV show, there are set lengths of time. There's so much flexibility. And I actually try often to keep mine, it was originally 12 minutes, now it's about 15. If it's just me talking with a particular insight or thought or piece of advice or direction I want to give, it is short and sweet and to the point. And I stop talking when I don't have anything more to say about it. And that's on average how length it is. And the only ones that are longer are with conversations with people like you. Those are closer to an hour. But they know that you believe that this is worth more and they know that you don't waste their time. So they don't go, oh my goodness, this one went an hour and 80, hour and 80, that would be 220. You know, this one, two plus hours, they go, wow, Shannon must have something good. Right. And when your audience looks at your podcast and sees that it's long and says they must have something good, you've got them. Right. I don't think this one will be quite that long if anyone's worried, but you never know. And I've actually had people thank me for the shorter podcast. Yeah. You know, people are doing yeah. their, their hit workout and their high intensity interval yep. training. And they're like, you know what? 12, 15 minutes is perfect. Yep. I love it. Or, you know, I switch from aerobic to weights and I can go to a whole new concept and you can actually be short and brief and have it totally work. And then for the things that do take longer, which in my world is conversations, then you can take the time. But I love your point about building trust. Just be real, be yourself, don't sweat the technology, and then you'll have a fabulous result. Mm, I love this. This is so useful. And I love your thing about it making it really easy. So give people direction. And just to touch on one more point about tell the world, tell the people who already love you, people who already know you. Oh, yes. Put on your social is a great way to share that. And a lot of the podcasts that I do, we actually turn into blogs that then refer back to the podcast. So, you know, get that, as Brendan Burchard has named it, circular virality, where things relate to one another and people go, oh, I'd love to listen to that. Yep. So lots of ways to build the messaging. The next step is go to people who already have the religion. Mm. People who are listening to the Team Success podcast already like podcasts. Right. So talking to them about podcasts makes a heck of a lot of sense. So this is where interviewing comes into play. Mm. This is where being on other people's shows comes into play. It's a really viable marketing scheme, you know, plan, strategy, whatever it is you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So that's the second one, you know, is go where they already are. Now, you could do this in an event. We've launched many people. I don't know if you were at the annual event three years ago when we launched Genius Network. We launched it in the room. We said, all right, everybody, pull out your phone. Go to getgeniusnetwork.com and it redirected all their phones to the subscription page and we got 300 subscribers in the room. Nice. You know, go to where they are. But the benefit was not, we have a podcast. You know, the benefit was genius every week delivered to your device. Uh You know, so go to where people are and then market appropriately. But now the message becomes not Shannon has a podcast. The message is now, if you're interested in team stuff, Every week, Shannon releases an episode of the show. Uh And your website's gorgeous, and your website has the play button. Thank you. You know, and a lot of people can click on the play button, and they don't have to subscribe. But the benefit, I would tell them every episode to subscribe because then it comes automatically. They don't have to remember to go to your website. Uh And this is key. You make it easy. You put yourself in their shoes. And by the way, if you have an audience, ask them what they want. Right. You know, ask them, how do you consume the best? You know, back when I did the show with Alex 
we were really in the early days trying to figure all this out. And we asked everybody, said, tell us how you listen to the show. Let us know. And we got back these funny emails. One guy said, it was a little creepy, actually. He said, well, whenever you and Alex are there, I put the earbuds in and the three of us go for a walk on the beach together. You know, like, okay. <laughs> you know, and different people, different things. But one, I'll never forget, we got an email that said, Mr. Johnson has me burn the podcast to a CD. I give it to the driver. Mr. Johnson listens to it on the way home from work. I don't know what happens to the CD after Mr. Johnson has listened to it. Please let us know if I can help anymore. Wow. You know, and God bless Mr. Johnson. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm glad he's listening to the show. Let them listen however they want. If they want to listen on an iPhone, great. If they want to listen on an iPad, an Android device, a G-O-O-G-L-E home, and Amazon A-L-E-X-A, you know, if you're one of the four people who bought the Microsoft Cortana speaker, you know, be on that. Be everywhere you want to be. You know, and what's neat now, we're at a new time in podcasting. It used to be when I was on stage, people would say, where do I get your podcast? I would say, wherever you get podcasts, you can get mine. Mm -hmm. It's changed now. We have a new thing we can say. What's that? Wherever you get your audio. Ooh. Because we're on Pandora now. Right. We're on Spotify now. We're on Google now. We're on iTunes. Anywhere where someone gets audio, they can now get a podcast. And so it changes the whole game. Well, actually, that ties into the next thing I want to want you to share, Uh-oh. which is if you have a podcast, what are some ways of boosting it? And I know that's you actually have some advice for me, which is kind of fun. I'll check whether or not we do team success slash, you know, make sure we do all those things. So what are some ways to boost, let's use the term impact rather than downloads to your point. But if you want to reach more people, if you want to expand your impact, what are some simple ways that you've coached your clients on upping their game and their impact? Subscribe is huge. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because subscribe happens automatically like clockwork and get this for all you marketers, spam free. Ooh. That's a good term. Yeah. Think about that. When coach sends an email, if 20% of the people actually get the email, coach is doing the happy dance. Mm-hmm. Right. When coach sends 100 podcasts, all 100 of them get the podcast. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Okay. But subscribe is the winning game. Subscribe is the winning game. I had a client who we launched her show with a message of subscribe to her show. And all the marketing, all the messaging, everything was subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. The links went out to iTunes. And she made it on launch day to number four in all of iTunes. Wow. Okay. When we launched Brendan, Brendan's subscribe message made it to number one in all of iTunes. Not surprising. Okay. Now, I have a bit of a rainmaker reputation because these launches that we do for people. A guy calls me and says, okay, Paul, you got this person to number four. I think I have four times the audience of this person. And without disclosing any client information, I said, that's ah, you know, probably a pretty good estimate. He said, so if I do what you did for this person, can you get me to number one? I said, probably. You know, we've done this enough times. We know the numbers. We know how it works probably, but you got to do what I say. His message wasn't subscribe. His message was, I've got a podcast. Mm-hmm. Whereas the person we got to number four, we sent them to iTunes. The person who had the bigger list, sent him to his blog Oh, with the play button, with subscribe on iTunes in 10-point font at the bottom of the page. Now, this person got four times the clicks of the person I got to number four. Mm-hmm. This person got four times the downloads of the person I got to number four. But this person didn't crack the top 100 of iTunes mm. because they weren't subscribing. Right. But here's the real benefit. Four years later, I'm doing an audit of the one that we got to number four. And every Tuesday, like clockwork, the numbers were just crazy. The numbers were just fantastic. You know, the type of thing you want to see in your clients. I start to do the research. What are they doing on Tuesdays? You know, and I'm looking at social, nothing about the podcast. I'm looking at the email, nothing about the podcast. What is it they're doing on Tuesdays that gets this amazing bump? Well, that was the day they release. And because all these people have subscribed and they say, get me something the moment it's released, it just automatically comes. They don't have to market it. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do anything. They just have to make this thing available and their hungry audience grabs it by the tens of thousands mm-hmm. because they got them to subscribe. So just including that as part of your clothes, putting that in your messaging and yep. digital, in print, 
that's really what makes the difference. That is the biggest possible game changer. Now, we've all been to websites that say subscribe to my newsletter. Yeah. And we're like, why? <laughs> like, what's in it for me? You know, if you say subscribe to my podcast, why? What's in it for me? You got to give them a reason to subscribe to the podcast. Good old marketing. Mm-hmm. But the biggest needle mover you can make mm-hmm. is to get them to subscribe. And that's done through making it easy. That's done through giving the benefits. That's done through being their asset, being their ally. And it's fun because you can just say on the show, look, you're not going to get all my emails. Look, the less time you spend on social media, the happier you're going to be. So let's just not hope that you find out about me there. So what I want to do is I just want to send this to your phone directly. Nice. So subscribe. I don't have your email address. I don't have any of your personal contact information. You know, nothing happens here. It just gets pushed to your phone. That message is empowering. That message is amazing. And that's how you get this stuff out there. So when you give that message to your people to subscribe, and then when you go on somebody else's show, there's this whole meme, there's this whole concept in podcasting that you don't need your own show, just go on other people's shows. Well, the problem is when you just go on other people's shows, well, now what? Mm-hmm. But you know, I've mentioned my podcast a couple of times. When we close this, you'll probably ask me again what my podcast is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some new subscribers to my show as a result of this who aren't going to hit me once. They're going to hit me multiple times and they're going to subscribe. So they're going to get the new stuff, but they're going to go back into the back catalog as well. So, you know, it's that leverage. It's that impact. And I'll tell you, you hit somebody once, meh. Right. Somebody finds one of Dan's books in a library somewhere. Oh, that's kind of interesting. You know, it's the 10 books. Mm -hmm. It's 25 episodes of the podcast. It's three different conversations with three different people where you're going to go, this damn guy's interesting. Maybe I should join coach. Mm -hmm. So impacts all there. Now, here's the thing. Guess what the Team Success podcast is about? I would hope team success. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Was that a trick question? There's this thing we have. Donald Miller. Do you know Donald Miller? No. Story brand. Brilliant guy. He has this thing called the grunt test. The grunt test is a caveman should look at your podcast logo and know what it's about. Right. So I used to have a show called Podcast Tools. Mm-hmm. Guess what the show was about? You know, the podcast report. Guess what the show's about? You know, you mentioned my book. Paul, what's your book called? How to Podcast. Make a show name that completely passes the grunt test so that anyone can come by and see what it is. Then they're more likely to look at it. I've seen shows with the strangest names. You know, I've seen shows with just weird names that you have absolutely no idea and that's not going to work. So build the title for somebody who doesn't know who you are or what it is that you stand for Mm -hmm. and it'll do well because you got half a second for them to look, grunt and decide whether or not they know what it is. Great. Those are some of the big ones. I just got that visual. Thank you. (laughs) But teams, it's great. This is why I love you, Shannon. This is why I love this show. Like if you are interested in team success, this is the show you're going to at least decide if you want to listen to or not. If you don't care about teams and you hate other people, you know, this is not a show that's going to interest you. And here's the great thing. Shannon doesn't want you to listen if you don't care about teams. Nope, not at all. So this exchange is so beautiful. You're not forcing a commercial on someone else show that doesn't deal with teams. You're just there for people who are interested and they can make the decision. So you go to people who deal with teams and you go from there. You could on your show say, hey, if you're knowing anybody else who's dealing with the team and this would be helpful, share the show, right. but then make it easy. Mm-hmm. Give them a web URL. Yep. And by the way, if your show's already in a network system like you are, just get a different domain for redirects. Okay. Genius Network has linktogenius.com. Nice. And whenever they want to direct something, they just do linktogenius.com forward slash something. Right. Oh. So if you're already in a situation where you can't do that, that's okay. Just build yourself out, you know, that type of thing. That's where you'll have the impact. I mean, do you want 100 people listening to your show, one episode of your show, or do you want one person listening to 100 episodes of your show? Right. Yeah. It's interesting with that subscribe and how you're talking about it, because it's like a personal invitation to a relationship. Yeah. It's not marketing. It's not salesy. It's value creation. And I know, like, as I said, I'm an avid reader. When I find, for instance, a novelist that I like, I go back and I read everything they have ever published. Bingo. And if someone has a topic that I'm fascinated in, then I'm going to go back and listen. There's a new person I'm excited about. So I want to go back and listen to all of hers. And fortunately, she's relatively new to podcasting, so I don't have that much to catch up on. Good. <laughs> but, but I have still about 14 hours worth of stuff. But I'm excited about that. So you get to find people who are like-minded so that your ideas are selling you and then they already feel like they have that relationship. Before we wrap up, I want to transition because we talked about earlier 
earlier, you have identified some mindsets for folks. And I just saw it for the first time today, which I'm super excited about. And this comes from what was successful and not successful in working with clients. And you've given some great direction about who podcasting works for and who it doesn't. But I'd love for you to run through some of the mindsets, which ones kind of really are essential to you. You've done this for a long time, longer than most. So you've had lots of great wisdom that I think our listeners could benefit from. Well, one of my favorites, and you'll never guess where I got this one from, is who versus how. (laughs) Yes. You know, I never wanted to write the How to Podcast book because there's no money in it. There's no revenue in it. Mm -hmm. But when people like Joe Polish introduce you on stage and say, if you want to know how to podcast, Polish your guy, you know, you have a response. Right. But you got to decide, is this a who or a how situation? Mm -hmm. Pretty much anybody listening to this show doesn't have the time to run the whole thing themselves. Mm -hmm. You need a team. Right. You'll like this because you need a team to podcast. And your team has six different elements. Some people can do two, sometimes three. Yeah, I see you going for your paper there. I'm like, I want to write this down. Podcasting is a team. Okay. Number one, you need the strategy. Okay. Number two, you need the talent. Number three, you need the edit. Uh-huh. Number four, you need the publish. Got it. Number five, you need the promotion. Mm-hmm. And number six, you need the review. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to repeat those. One is strategy, two is talent, three is edit, four is publish, five is promotion, and one is review. Now, just a little personal take on this. Of all of these six steps, you know how many I do? One. Right. I'm only good at one particular step. Thank God for our team. Bingo. Yeah, even strategy, which I love strategy. Entrepreneurial team strategist is the finally way that I've named myself because that's the kind of strategy I love to do. But marketing is a hobby for me, not a vocation. So I need people who are really talented at all of this other stuff to make this work. Yeah. And that's the team. And it's funny because everything changed for our business. When we stopped, we make podcasts. Our big thing is now we do what your team doesn't. Mm. So if you've got the strategy, fine, we'll help you implement it. If you've got the talent, which most people do, that's usually the common denominator. I would hope so. Great. Get us the recording. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a guy who's got a 4K, four camera video shoot that he has three USC film majors editing. Doesn't need our help. Right. The publish. Some people got somebody that they want to do that. And that's a click, click button thing. And if you want to do it, great. If you want us to do it, great. The promotion, that's a big one. But there are some people, I actually have clients who don't need promotion. Mm. For different reasons. And then the review, and that's the analysis and what it is. And so we just, which parts do you have? Which parts do you want us to do? But podcasting has always been a team thing. And the question is not, what microphone do I buy? Right. The question is not, what do I post this at Blueberry or Libsyn? The question is, who's going to do the publish? Right. You know, and feel free to hand in my book if you want, but it's really not that complicated. I told you Libsyn, I gave you the coupon code. You can follow through it. Who's going to do the edit? Who's going to do the review? Right. Now, you've got a great team there who does a lot of these things, you know, fantastically well. Not only are you, quote unquote, only the talent, but there are people at the other parts that are just better at it. Mm-hmm. And that's why the show does well. So one of the big things is the who, not the how. Mm-hmm. If a client comes to us and says, we want you to teach us how to podcast, then really the question is, who needs to come out to your organization and do a one-day workshop? <laughs> Yep. That's the question. Right. Who's going to promote this? Who's going to give you strategy? Who's going to look at the numbers and go, okay, we have a hundred episodes. We have some stats here. We have some things that we can look at. We can decide what's working, what's not working. So who, not how is absolutely one of the biggest ones. Love that. Another thing we're really big on is the concept of assets versus episodes. Okay. What does that mean? This is huge. This is huge. A lot of people get up Wednesday morning and go, oh, crap, I have to get another episode out. (laughs) That hasn't happened to me yet. And we've heard those shows. Yeah, they're not good. And we can tell about a minute into the show that this is one of those episodes, and it's yucky. you know. And then you wonder, oh, is next week going to be the same? And there's sort of this relationship you know, that binds. Yet, when you're building an asset, it's an entirely different mentality. Notice, I've tried very hard in this presentation, not to mention a single piece of tech, revision, that kind of thing. I know Libsyn's going to be around. You mentioned Blueberry. They're going to be around. You know, we've mentioned nothing here that cannot be heard three, four, five years after we have this conversation. True. And here's the thing. When you were in the room and you watched me do that 10-minute presentation, that is still a podcast for Joe. 
Uh-huh. And every month, more people listen to that episode than were in the room that day. Think about that. I wish I had the number in front of me, but the presentation was like 1,813 days ago, you know, I was in this room. So if I had built an episode called What's Working in New York City on This Week in Podcasting, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. this asset. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. A lot of our clients, we look, we have a number called the new content ratio. Mm. A new content ratio is in December, how many downloads were episodes released in December? Okay. This is important. I had a client talk to earlier today. I said, what do you think that number is? She said, well, like 80, 90%. It was 20%. Eight out of every 10 downloads were from the back catalog. Oh, Because she was producing assets. Mm. Nobody watches a DVR of the news from two nights ago. (laughs) Nope. But we're still watching Seinfeld. Right. So if you produce content that's good four, five, six years later, the game changes. And you've done a great job with this, Shannon. Your show is not what's hot Mm -mm. today in team. You've done a show about you're laughing on the video. You guys don't get to see this, but you know, you're doing a show on team success. And guess what? The spirit of what you do, the team success that you talked about five years ago is just as good today. So you're building an asset. So now you have this inventory. So now people can build for the future. When I finally joined coach and I joined way too late, you know, I got my coach welcome kit and you know, what was in that kit, mm-hmm. the most gorgeous USB stick I'd ever seen in my life that had the first 100 episodes of 10X Talk on it mm-hmm. because those were assets, mm-hmm. not episodes because they were still good to this day. If you think about it from this mindset, this perspective, it means that you're always making sure you've got quality. It makes sure you're focusing on style, not fashion, which I think is really important, all substance too. And you can repurpose it, you know, just as we did with you. And it becomes this body of knowledge that you share with people. And so I think it's a way of getting your wisdom out. This is a particular form of packaging it, which you can then reuse. And we're not even going to be able to get into all the different ways that you know how to do that. But I think that asset way of thinking about it is incredibly useful and valuable. I think we've got time for one more mindset. So I know you've got eight. I think you've got one in your back pocket too, but. Well, let's speak to, well, let's talk about seasons. That's one of our favorite mindsets. This whole Wednesday morning, oh crap, I got to get an episode out thing. Stop it. Serve your audience. We spoke to this earlier. If you don't have 52 pieces of content a year Mm -hmm. to give your audience, don't do a weekly show. But what you do is you wrap it up in a season. Okay. We think about seasons. So season one, you know, team success. Okay. Season one might be about hiring the right people. Season two might be about training the right people. You know, season three might be about, and you wrap things around in seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, and imagine this narrative. Hey, this is Shannon, and it's the Team Success Podcast. And season one is all about finding the right people. Episode one, we're going to talk about this. Episode two, we're going to talk about this. Episode three, we're going to talk about this. And then when you do however many episodes you need to do for that season, thank you, BBC, for teaching us about that. <laughs> you close the season. Right. And then if you need to wait a couple of weeks, you know, we're on season hiatus. Mm-hmm. That's the mentality. So the thing we say on the mindset scorecard is the season model lets me produce the best possible content and provide a profitable narrative to my audience. Because mm-hmm. if somebody joins you in episode three of a season all about hiring the right people and they're in the hiring right people mode, they're going to grab the season mm-hmm. automatically. So we love podcast seasons is one of the mindsets. I love that. I mean, I've heard a couple of people do seasons, but I hadn't realized it was actually a whole strategy and approach to podcasts. Oh my goodness, there's so much more I could ask you, but we need to start to wrap up. Yes, we do. Now, one of the things, and I was talking to Dean Jackson (laughs) one day because I was excited about podcasts. It's also one of Dan's partnerships because they've got the joy of procrastination, which is hysterical. Title. <laughs> and it's two 10 quick starts on Colby talking. It's actually where Who Not How came out of. Yep. And he's got this awesome fast process called 90 Minute Books for helping people produce a book. And I said, Dean, you need something like this for podcasts. He goes, I'm working on it with Paul. <laughs> 
So I was just mentioning as we were preparing for today, and you've made some progress on that because you do require a team. And I love that you've laid out the steps for people. So you have a process for helping people should they want it, or at least to know what else is out there. So can you talk about some of the ways that you can be in teamwork with people in terms of producing podcasts? Well, you know, now everybody wants to know what Deem is scheming and any Deem scheme is- It's actually Paul. (laughs) Well, scheming with Paul. Like, hey, if I look at my phone and caller ID says Deem, there's a smile on my face. So we came up with this concept of dial, talk, done. Love it. What would happen if you could call a number, talk out your podcast, and it publishes? Wow. Well, here's the thing. We've actually even upped the game a little bit. You can now tell your- S-I-R-I on your iPhone, you can say, okay, S-I-R-I, record an episode. She pops up. She says, click. And by the way, you can plug a high-definition microphone into your iPhone. You record the episode when you're done, boop. And then S-I-R-I says, what's the title? You give her the title. Wow. Now, anybody who's used S-I-R-I, we know that she doesn't always get things correct. (laughs) So S-I-R-I says, this is what I heard. Did I get that right? And if she did, you say yes. If she didn't, you can edit it. And then she says, what's the description? Right. You tell her the description. She says, did I get it right? If she did, yes. If she didn't. But here's the thing. When that's done, the audio goes from the phone to the cloud. Mm -hmm. We take out background noise. We level it. If there's two people talking into it at the same time, one's louder than the other, we level it so that the same volume. We equalize it. We put a tone at the beginning. We put a tone at the end. And we publish it all automatically in the cloud. So when the time you're done, people can get that podcast nine minutes later. Wow. So from 90-minute book to nine-minute podcast. Yeah, it's Dial Talk Done. And it's funny because Dean asked me, is it really Dial Talk Done anymore? It's more Click Talk Done. So both of those domain names are available. And we've got a webinar that has happened, but you can listen to the replay of that if you head out to either Dial Talk Done or click talk done, walks through the process. Fabulous. It is a certain kind of podcast. You know, Shannon couldn't do the Team Success podcast and the interview and her great team that helps with the editing and make it sound right. You couldn't do it on this type of tech. But if there's a strategy for a keep up with someone kind of podcast, this makes a heck of a lot of sense. I love it. Well, I also love that the two of you put your heads together and I could not imagine a better... (laughs) A better partnership or pairing with the two of you because Dean is so great at simplifying and you've got just so much knowledge. You're both good at simplifying, actually. Oh, you should have seen Dean when I plugged him into it. He's like, this is it. This is what I wanted. you know. And, and he went out. We were at a 25K meeting. He comes to me and with those eyes, he goes, guess what I did? And he went, I recorded an episode walking around the parking lot. <laughs> and I opened up my phone. I clicked up. I go, you mean this episode? And it was on my phone just during that 10-minute break at the meeting. And he was like, yeah, that episode, wow, you know, this is it. So that's there. We have that tech. It doesn't replace certain kinds of podcasts, but there is definitely a kind of podcast that it could replace. And that intimate time, that 10 minutes in the car with Russell could totally be done on Dial Talk Done. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain segments where that could happen. So, you know, I guess the lowest end is the book. If you want to know how to podcast, by the way, you're not the one who should be. Maybe buy the book and hand it over to your who. Yes. We've got this service, Dial Talk Done, and then the podcast partnership. All coach people we talk to freely, set it up, figure out if it's a right fit. And then the whole thing is, you know, we do what your team doesn't. So if you come and say, I got strategy, talent, edit, I just need publish, promotion, review, great. If you come and say, I got strategy, talent, edit, publish, promotion, I just need somebody to look at my stuff every couple of months and direct me in the right place, great. Had a guy yesterday who said, I got nothing. (laughs) Set me up. Great. We do that. You know, and I'm not the one editing. As we try to figure out someone's groove, we'll help at the beginning, but I'm not going to edit your stuff day to day. That's not what I do, but I got great editors. Right. You know, I'm on the strategy side of it. I'm on the promotion side of it. I'm on the review side of it. And it's a retainer thing and it's just based on what you need. And so if you got a great team and anybody listening to this has a great team, so use your team because they're the best. But just when you have those elements the team doesn't have, that's what we do. I love it. Paul, I cannot thank you enough. I feel like there's just so much gold in what you've shared, both from the qualifications for doing a podcast at all, which means you have a message to share. If you've nothing to say, don't do a podcast. (laughs) Then also, you know, really look for impact more than 
downloads because that's really what matters. Think about things in terms of seasons. Just appreciate the intimate and powerful nature of episodes and shows and, and how that can work with people. And that it's really an asset that you're building, not just a transactional thing. This is a relationship and a body of knowledge that you're both creating for yourself, but also sharing with others. And it's co-created, especially if you do a conversation. So I just love it. And you did share some tech, which I love. And the point that this does require teamwork. It is not something you necessarily want to get bogged down in the how for. A new Dial Talk Done was emerging. I like both terms. I think I like Dial Talk Done better, actually. Most people do. Click Doc Done is the more effective. Dial Talk Done just flows. It does. (laughs) So I'm excited for people to A, hear where Team Success Podcast even came from, and I have you to thank for that. And it feels like kind of not quite full circle because we're not done yet, but I just love that I can share what inspired me and hopefully inspire other people, give them clarity and direction about how to think about this amazing communication technology that we now have in our fingertips, in our hands, and that they get to meet you because you have so much information, wisdom, knowledge, insight, do's and don'ts, which I love. So I really appreciate you sharing all of your great stuff. So again, if they want to connect with you, how to podcast version 4.0, the podcast report is your podcast, which is awesome. I just want everyone to appreciate Paul is behind so many of the podcasts that you're probably already listening to. You know, Dan Sullivan, Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, host of other names. Kathy Colby. Colby. We're doing Kathy's now, which think about this. I get paid to help Kathy get her message out. Think about the implications of that. What a world we live in. I know. It's awesome. So if you want to tap into one person I consider to be a phenomenal team member and person, please connect with Paul. And if it's not a right fit for you, just go check out some of the stuff we've talked about. There's just so much to learn and take advantage of. So Paul, huge, huge thank you. I'm thrilled to tap into your insight and wisdom and to share it with other people. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed my conversation with Paul. And if you've been wondering about podcasting or think about podcasting or did not know how to involve the teamwork for podcasting, there's so much rich information here. Please make sure that if this is of interest to you, you know, take the notes down and capture that. Feel free to share with others, other people that you know or you've been having these conversations with. So subscribe is a great thing to do too. And any questions, please let us know at questions at strategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success.